Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a monster Monday, bright and early on a Monday, presented, of course, by DraftKings, one of my favorite days of the week, breaking down everything we saw on Sunday, week two in the National Football League. New week means new opportunities, not only for your team, but for you. For those of you, I love sending you guys stuff. I love sending you signed pictures, signed press passes, signed football cards. I love doing video shout outs for you. I love giving you Madden codes. All you have to do is to win any of those things is really easy little things. Spread the word via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. I think maybe we'll go Instagram this week. Instagram, someone that likes at Ross Tucker pod, one of our posts on Instagram is who's going to get that this week. Sponsor confirmation, love our sponsors, ExpressVPN, Symbol, Simply safe. You can find them all over at RossTucker.com. And then the YouTube shout out, YouTube.com slash RossTuckerNFL. You literally get a cameo style shout out that people pay 25 bucks for just for going to YouTube.com slash RossTuckerNFL, clicking the thumbs up and commenting on any video. I see one at somebody new. By the way, shout out to Dylan Tucker. No relation I'm aware of. He is our latest tuckhead over at patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As we always do, before we break down each of these games individually, let's go over your overall themes for week two in the NFL. Well, there are several, Bri, um, one of which was really almost before the games even started, and that's just injuries already being a big factor in games. And I'm not even talking about the Trey Lance injury. We'll get to that. But just going into the Saints-Bucks game, no Chris Godwin, no Julio Jones, no Alvin Kamara. I mean, these guys all played last week. So already injuries, big factor in games. And injuries change game plans, changed game plans, can change outcome of games. It all matters. A couple other things we need to get into. 
everybody tweeted yesterday, Lamar's making a lot of money. Oh, Lamar Jackson making a lot of money today. Lamar played awesome. He's a phenomenal player. He made nothing yesterday. Okay? As long as he wants a fully guaranteed contract, totally his prerogative, that's a whole longer story, they're going to franchise tag him the next two years. So he made exactly $0 and 0 cents more with his performance yesterday. They're just going to tag him the next two years. And so his three-year take-home is going to be exactly the same. He made nothing yesterday. Speaking of quarterbacks and guys getting hurt, Lamar Jackson, we talked about him. Hopefully he doesn't have an injury like Trey Lance because Trey Lance got hurt, and I feel awful for that young man. But the Niners, so first of all, terrible for Trey Lance. You know, I checked Pro Football Doc, Sports Injury Central. It's season-ending ankle surgery. It's not good. But how about how fortunate are the 49ers that they didn't trade Jimmy G? Are you kidding me? Their season would be over. It would be over already. They'd either have Nate Sudfeld or Brock Purdy. It'd be over before it really even started. Them deciding to bring Jimmy G back now seems like a genius move. In terms of the actual action on the field, crazy comebacks. I mean, I don't know if you call them comebacks or meltdowns. I think for the Browns and Ravens, it was meltdowns. I mean, the only things that they couldn't allow to happen to lose those games are basically exactly what they did. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Kudos to the Jets. Kudos to the Dolphins, but those comebacks don't happen without a series of awful mistakes. As for the Raiders, they gave up a big lead as well. I thought that was more just Kyler Murray going nuts than it was about the Raiders playing terribly in the second half. Booing in Cleveland, calling for Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. I don't know, you know, look. I understand both fan bases for doing that. I don't see how that necessarily helps their teams, but it does send a message to ownership for sure. You know what I like to talk about, by the way, on Mondays? I like to talk about Simply Safe. Here's why because I traveled over the weekend up to Army for that Villanova game. I'll be traveling tonight, actually, shortly after this show, to drive up to Buffalo for the Titans and the Bills on Westwood One Radio tonight. That's why I'm so thankful for Simply Safe. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I've mentioned multiple times the incidents that we've had previously, one when I was growing up, one a couple years ago. What I will tell you is it's so nice to be able to watch the crystal clear HD live stream of the security cameras. I know my wife loves that. They obviously have 24-7 professional monitoring. Then even for me, on the money part of it, it's so nice to not have contracts. It's less expensive than the other systems out there as well. 
you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Tucker. Save 20%, 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash Tucker to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ducks takes. All right, let's start with the Miami Dolphins and Baltimore Ravens, where Miami overcomes a 21 point fourth quarter deficit to beat Baltimore 42 38, the final. So, this is why you need to pay attention to Sports Injury Central. Because still no Ronnie Stanley or J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens. They got Marcus Peters back. Everybody's like, oh, they got Marcus Peters back. Yeah. He got a six score of 38. Sports Injury Central score. And did you see Tyreek Hill run by him? He clearly wasn't close to 100%. You had uh, DuVernay had the... uh, Devin DuVernay had the kickoff return touchdown to set the tone for the game. Lamar had a big day, throwing the ball well, had that long touchdown run. Unfortunately for the Ravens, other than Lamar, they couldn't run it. They could not run the football other than Lamar. Marcus Williams had two interceptions. He was a heck of a free agent addition by the Ravens. I mean, impressive interceptions. But Tua bounced back. How about the stat line for Tua, other than those two Marcus Williams interceptions? 469 yards and six touchdowns, including two deep to Tyree Kill. Although, let's be, let's be honest, right? Tyree Kill couldn't have possibly been more wide open. Those were absolute coverage busts by the Ravens that are unacceptable given the situation and circumstances of the game. I mean, Tua actually kind of underthrew him. Both Dolphins wide receivers had big days. Mike Kosicki might have had the highest catch. He was at least, his hands were nine feet above the ground when he caught that football. That's a ginormous swing game for the Dolphins and the Ravens. Down by 13 with uh, in the final two minutes of the game, Jets knock off the Cleveland Browns 31-30. Even before that, Bri, I felt like the Jets' skill guys were having a youth movement. You know, uh, Brees Hall had a touchdown. Garrett Wilson had a touchdown. Then he had another one late, obviously, to win the game. But And Flacco got it done late. But think about the number of mistakes that had to happen for the Browns to lose that game. First of all, Nick Chubb scored a touchdown to go up 30-17 to 17 with less than two minutes left. If Nick Chubb just goes down on that run, 
the Browns can run the clock out. If he just gets the first down and goes down, Browns run the clock out and win. Then, okay, he scored. Not that big a deal. The Browns have had a bunch of dropped coverages the first two games. They totally drop a coverage on Corey Davis. Wide open. Then the Browns can't recover the onside kick. Amari Cooper actually tried to do the right thing and knock it out of bounds. That was a ter- that was a perfect onside kick and a terrific job by the edge guy for the Jets to not let Amari Cooper hit it out of bounds. Usually somebody makes a mistake for an onside kick to be recovered. This was not a mistake. This was a great job by the Jets all the way around. Flacco delivered. Really happy for him. People love the bust on Flacco. He can still throw it. I'm so happy for the Jets and their fans, but I feel equally devastated for Browns fans who thought they were going to get to 2-0 and have a have a reason to really feel good about where they're at. Four touchdowns for Jared Goff, two of them to Amon Ross St. Brown. Lions over the Commanders, 36-27. You know, the Lions are just better up front than the teams they've been playing. I I thought they were at least even with the Eagles up front. They were clearly better than the commanders up front, both sides of the ball. Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks, but there were other guys like Charles Harris getting the Wentz. On offense, how about them having three different interior starters on the O-line? Backup center, backup left guard, and Dan Skipper, who had never played it before. And yet... The Lions didn't miss a beat moving the football. I thought that was so cool. The video after the game, Dan Skipper getting his first start, Dan Campbell getting excited for him. Awesome. This is a horrific day um, for the Indianapolis Colts. They're shut out by the Jags, 24-0. Matt Ryan sacked five times. Oh, sorry, Brian. I wasn't done with the Lions game yet. Sorry about that. Um, Just just finishing that, I thought uh, DeAndre Swift was amazing. Amon Ross St. Brown is a star. And then for Washington, Carson Wentz was doing Carson Wentz things. He did some really positive things during the comeback. He had some crazy throws and decisions. He is he is never boring, that's for sure. As for that Jags-Colts game, the Colts offense is horrific. I mean... There was absolutely no separation, none, by the receivers without Michael Pittman. Even the defense wasn't very good. Trevor Lawrence, 25 of 30, one of his best games. It was another big day for Christian Kirk. How about the Colts' offensive stat line? Five turnovers, five punts on 10 possessions. Matt Ryan was sacked five times. They didn't even run it very well. As they got shut out, there are major issues in Indianapolis right now. As a buck, Tom Brady finally beat the Saints in the regular season. Yesterday's final, 20-10. to 10. And at one point, I think it was in the early fourth quarter, said the current total was 15.5 points. It was 3-3. Yeah. It was 3-3 in the fourth quarter before that fight, which, by the way... Listen, Brady was upset that they didn't get the pass interference call, so he runs down there. Lattimore starts saying stuff to him. Leonard Fournette didn't like that Lattimore was saying stuff to Tom Brady, so he comes over to Lattimore, and then Lattimore kind of gives Fournette a shove, 
And Mike Evans was having none of it. Mike Evans comes over and lays out Marshawn Lattimore, which I love. I love that. Um, You know, it's probably not the smartest thing by Mike Evans, but he's standing up for his teammates, whether it was Fournette because he saw Lattimore get physical, whether it was Tom Brady. Um, I respect that a receiver like Evans has that mindset, has that physicality. I already mentioned all the guys that didn't play. Brady was crazy frustrated throughout the game. It was reported before the game that Jameis Winston has four back fractures, and he kind of played like it. He was awful. I mean, he threw some terrible interceptions in the fourth quarter. I think he maybe had three picks. He was taking sacks throughout the game. Not good. The Bucs didn't do a whole lot offensively. You know, they had a pick six from Mike Edwards, but Brady had a beautiful throw to Perriman, probably 45 yards in the air, frozen rope in the back of the end zone by Brady, drop it in the bucket for the Bucks to, to take the lead. What was the food like, Bri? Food was uh, red beans and rice, chicken breast and salad uh, for dessert, bread pudding, along with some brownies and cookies. I feel like that's... I haven't done a Saints game in a couple of years. I feel like that's what they have every. Do they have that every game? They'll do something uh, Cajun cuisine, if you will. Whether it's red beans and rice, they've done jambalaya in the past. Uh, I think it's one of those two options. They they really don't deviate that much. I had two fillet sandwiches Saturday morning. Not one, but two fillet steak sandwiches and a brat and a Cajun chicken sandwich. I was going to go back for another brat, but they were out for like 20 seconds, and that was God talking to me. Very nice. Very nice. All right, next up, the Giants start off the season 2-0. and This is the first time they've done that in six years. Yesterday, they knock off the Panthers, 1916. It's getting late early for the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule. Can't lose these games. Can't lose like that at home to the Browns. Can't lose like that to the Giants. I mean, the Giants and Browns are not good teams, and they're losing to them. Lots of drops by the Panthers. I felt like every time I was watching, there was a drop. Every time I watched that game, there was either a drop by a Panther receiver or Baker Mayfield was, like, running. Like, he's Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts, like, running all over the place. Lots of field goals for both teams. Graham Gano, don't you know, was probably the star of the game. Leonard Williams got hurt for the Giants. That would be a big loss. If it's significant, but the G-men, the G-men might not be pretty. It doesn't matter. They're 2-0 and and they're winning the games that they've lost in recent years. Patriots rebound after their week one loss. They defeat the Steelers in Pittsburgh 17-14. to Boy, I thought both Trubisky and Mac Jones had bad first half interceptions. Neither really played particularly well throughout the game. The difference in the game was Nelson Aguilar mossing Witherspoon for the key touchdown. I mean, Akelio Witherspoon thought he was going to get a pick, thought the ball was coming to him. Aguilar jumped over his head to get the touchdown. That was the key to the game. And then Cam Sutton dropped an interception. And then right after that, Gunnar Olszewski muffed the punt, which led to the Damian Harris touchdown. Those are the plays of the game. I mean, I – I don't think the Patriots are necessarily better than the Steelers at all. But the Pats leaned on the run game. 
to cement the win late. I thought their offensive line played much better. No sacks for the Steelers. And the Steelers offensively, man, it's like everything is short and underneath. Everything. Falcons rallied in the fourth quarter against the Rams, but uh, Jalen Ramsey's interception sealed a 31-27 win for the Super Bowl champs. That was an amazing interception, by the way. He got so high on that interception to high point the ball. He's just an incredible athlete. The Rams raced out to a huge lead behind the run game, Matthew Stafford. But give a lot of credit to the Falcons. They keep playing, man. They're, you know what they are? They are good at covering the spread. Valiant comeback by the Falcons. Mariota, I thought, did some good things again. Uh, Cordero Patterson, is he's a legit running back. Like It's funny to see him at 84, but he's a legit running back. Drake London, I thought, uh, he looks like a keeper. Drake London looks like that was a good top 10 pick by the Falcons. They uh, have not been getting the ball to Kyle Pitts, which is interesting. Stafford continues to turn it over at times. The, the key to the comeback for the Falcons was the Troy Anderson blocked punt for a touchdown, but ultimately it was not enough. That Things got dicey, though, for the Rams late in that game. So with Trey Lance out for the years, we've already talked about the Niners' turn to Jimmy G. He leads San Francisco to a 27-7 win over Seattle. Just awful for Trey Lance. Just awful. The other thing I always think about with stuff like that is it's amazing how healthy like Brady has stayed or some of these guys stay. What was that? Trey Lance's like fourth start ever, and he gets a season-ending injury like that. It's just – now part of that's because he was running, and when you run like that, you put yourself a little bit more in harm's way. No Kittle again for the Niners. That was nice for them to get a win by 20 points without Kittle. The Seahawks' offense was bad. They could not run it well. I don't know what some of their trick plays were. DJ Dallas down near the goal line had a horrific interception. Just horrific. That I mean, if you're going to be the Seahawks, why, why are you trying trick plays? Run it or trust Geno and your talented receivers. Nick Bosa played well, but Nick Bosa always plays well. I like that safety. Hufunga? For the Niners, that guy's a baller. Absolutely. he was. It felt like he was all over the place. Micah Parsons had two sacks in the Cowboys' 20-17 to win over the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, everybody points that out, and rightfully so. I got to tell you, it's not even the sacks that are what's so impressive. Watch him every snap. Every snap where he's the rusher, he gets pressure. He impacts the play. He makes the quarterback move or whatever. It is uncanny. He's a total freak. I will say this. Another impressive comeback by Joe Burrow and the Bengals to get back in, ultimately not enough. Burrow takes too many sacks. Does the Bengals' offensive line need to get better? Yeah, but Burrow needs to get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. He takes sacks that are totally on him. As for the Cowboys, I thought Cooper Rush, look, he played well enough to win the game. Cooper Rush played solid. 2-0 as a starter. A win is a win, even if it's sloppy. Russell Wilson gets his first win with the Broncos, 16-9. to 
over Houston. This game set back the sport of football 50 years. <laughs> Russell Wilson had a really bad game. The Broncos remain awful on the goal line and in short yardage. I have no idea what some of the play calls are. What's the kid's name? Andrew Beck running the option with Andrew Beck, the like fullback tight end. What are you doing? The delay of games, the crowd starting to have to chant, them getting delay of game penalties on long field goals. The crowd was literally bribed doing a countdown of the play clock to try to help out the team. I mean, the Broncos, I know they won the game, but their offense and their game management is an embarrassment. As for the Texans, Texans kind of remind me of the Bears. They're not very talented, but they play their you-know-what's off. They play hard. They're pretty well coached. Their skill guys just aren't good enough. A fumble return for touchdown in overtime wins it for the Arizona Cardinals over the Raiders 29-23. Unbelievable. Just, you know, in a day with crazy comebacks, this one might have taken the cake. And this was actually, I think, more about the Cardinals and Kyler Murray making plays than it was about the Raiders making mistakes. Now, obviously, in overtime, Hunter Renfro fumbled twice in overtime. Second one returned for a touchdown, which was a wild, wild way for that game to end. But what are the Raiders doing defensively? I mean, Kyler Murray, they could not get him. It was like he was playing a video game. The one play where he ran around for 85 yards, 21 seconds, on fourth, so many fourth downs, so many two-point conversions. It was just wild. They could not catch the kid. Devontae Adams only had two catches for 12 yards. Pretty sure the Raiders didn't spend that much money to pay and, and, and give up that much for that as the Raiders blow a 20 to nothing lead. And they've lost two very, very winnable games. Not good to, for the start for Josh McDaniels. And let's wrap it up with Sunday Night Football. Green Bay Packers won their 10th straight home opener, 27-10 to 10 against the Bears. You know, I just said this about the Texans, but I kind of want to reiterate it. The Bears are well coached. The Bears play hard. I like the no names and young guys they have on defense making plays. I like that the offensive line kind of helps everybody up. You know, at the end of a play, watch the offensive line for the Bears. They're all surrounding the ball carry, helping them up. They're well coached. Justin Fields is only 7 for 11 for 70 yards as the Bears tried to lean on Montgomery in the run game. And by the way, had some success doing that, especially in the second half. But they got thwarted at the goal line out of the shotgun. Don't get me started by Justin Fields. Aaron Jones had a big game for the pack and was uh, the guy they really leaned on from a skill position standpoint more than anybody else. Fun day, man. Really, really fun day of pro football. We got two games tonight. Buffalo, Tennessee. I'll be there on the call on Westwood One Radio. So anybody driving around at 7 o'clock, you can hear your boy. I love Joel Swisher or anybody. When you 
play the audio of that, send it to me. It's awesome. And then about halfway through that Bills-Titans game, the Eagles and the Vikings start, which is very unusual. I'm not really sure the logic. I need to find out from somebody why they're actually doing that. I do know this. I know that we have the best listeners, including the I think we're done here members of patreon.com slash RT Media. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, and of course, the greatest gift you can get anybody ever, but especially now, when so many of you have anniversaries, which is just weird to get married during football season, but I know a lot of you did it. Kyle Brandt did it. MyFrontPageStory.com. Trust me, they will love it. You'll love a triple header tomorrow. Power Rankings Tuesday, College Draft with Emery Hunt, and the Even Money Podcast. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.